0: Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the sermon podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week.
1: The reading is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you should be in agreement and that there should be no division among you, but that you should be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you say, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or where were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanius, but that beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent, eloquent wisdom so that the cross of Christ might not be empty of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved. It is the power of God.
0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So who here woke up this morning and popped out of bed and said, Hallelujah, today's the church annual meeting. One. <laughs> so if you raise, I was going to say, if you raise your hand, then you're automatically nominated for church council, but maybe that's why you're president. <laughs> this is not something that most people get excited about. I think the problem with church meetings is that, kind of like meetings at your job, this is not what the point is. It, the meeting is never the main point. No one should be joining a church or becoming a church member because you really like Robert's rules of order. Like, that's not right. <laughs> You have chosen to be part of a congregation, part of this church community of Christ the King, because you want to be part of doing God's work, not talking about it, right? And yet every year we take the time to meet and to do the business of the congregation because the structure that we have as an organization matters. This is part of how we are accountable to each other. Budgets and delegates and councils are all tools for ministry. At least that's the idea. And so after service, we'll take the time to celebrate and to look forward and to remind ourselves of the mission and the purpose God is calling us to. And I want to share with you a story that I heard a few years ago. Maybe some of you have heard this story as well. But there was once a dangerous section of Seacoast And there were often shipwrecks there. And so in that area, there was a little life-saving station. And the building was just a small, crude little hut. The station only had one small boat. But there was a small, dedicated group of volunteers who kept a constant watch over the sea. And with no thought for their own safety, they would go out whenever they were called upon after a storm. They'd spend day and night out in the sea, searching tirelessly for the lost at sea. And as word spread about the bravery and the dedication of these volunteers and people heard about their good work, people wanted to be associated with the group at this little life-saving station. And so other people would give of their time and their money to support this important work. And so they bought some new boats, new crews were trained, and the little life-saving sa- station grew. Some members of the life-saving group then were, started to get concerned that, you know, this building we have is really small and really poorly equipped, kind of crude. And so, really, for people we're rescuing, the first place they come, once they're pulled out of the sea, ought to be somewhere comfortable and nice. So they went to work and they added on to the building. They replaced the emergency cots from the closet with beds and they put in better furniture, enlarged the building. And so now, it was a pretty nice building. Right there on the coast, when the weather was nice, you had a good view. And so often, members of the life-saving group would gather for special occasions, celebrate together. And they decorated it beautifully. They added everything they could need for good hospitality for their guests. And not very many members were now very interested in personally going out to sea at life-saving missions. It was cold and wet and dangerous. And so they hired some professionals to do that work, some professional lifeboat crews. And they did keep sort of a nautical theme in the decorations in the club. Someone even donated a nice miniature lifeboat to have right inside the door, first thing you see. And it was right around that time that A large ship was wrecked off the coast in their territory, and so the hired crews went out and did their work and brought in boatloads of cold, wet, half-drowned people. And these people were dirty and sick, and some of them were foreigners, difficult to understand, and their beautiful new club building was in chaos. And so the property committee had an emergency meeting and voted right away to build a shower house outside of the shelter outside of the club building where people could be cleaned up before they would come in. And at their next annual meeting, there was a lot of controversy. Quite a few of the members wanted to stop the life-saving activities and focus on what was bringing in the new members. And the expectation of going out at night during storms was not only inconvenient and unpleasant, it got in the way of the normal social life of the club. But there were other members who insisted, no, Life-saving is what we're here for. This is our purpose. It says so right on the sign. And so at the meeting, they held a vote, and those, that group was voted down. And so they were told, if you want to spend all your time going out in the ocean and dealing with shipwreck victims, well, maybe you should go start your own life-saving station. And so they did. And as the years went by, that new life-saving station experienced the same kind of changes that occurred in the old one, and it too evolved into a club And so, yet another station was founded, and history repeated itself, as those things do. If you visit that section of Seacoast today, you'll find a number of very nice, exclusive clubs right on the beachfront property. And shipwrecks are still pretty common, but, you know, a lot of people drown. As we gather today to do the business of the church, my prayer is that we remember who we are in this community of faith, that we remember what God is calling us to. Because the church exists for the people who are not here yet. Our congregation is not here just for us in this room or watching right now, but for the people who have not heard the good news about Jesus Christ. We are here today because our neighbors in Port Washington and beyond need to know that God's love is for them, just like we do. We are here to strengthen the impact of God's church here and in the world. We're here to share the hope that God has given us in Jesus' death on the cross and in the resurrection. We are the people of God united in Christ, called to minister to each other, to reach out to people with love, to share that good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, in order that God's kingdom may grow and God's will be done here in the world. That's our statement of why we're here. We're here to share that eternal hope that we have, the hope and the promise of God's coming kingdom, where those who mourn will be comforted, the hungry will be filled, the persecuted will receive justice. We are here because the Holy Spirit has called and gathered us to support each other on this journey of faith as we reflect God's love to each other and to those outside of our congregation, to the whole world. And if we can remember this calling, if we can remember why we are here and act accordingly, we'll be in good shape. Of course, as that parable of the life-saving station illustrates, it is awfully easy to get distracted. To get distracted both as a congregation and as individuals. And we constantly need to be called back to following Jesus. That's why we gather week after week, right? To hear the same message of God's love. For some of us, it's the temptation to stay where it's comfortable, wanting to keep things the way that they've always been. Maybe go back before the pandemic or even decades ago. Maybe it's focusing too much on the building. Risking turning the church into a museum or a club instead of a tool for life saving. Or maybe it's becoming just a social services center, providing some sort of useful public service, but not being too specific about why we're doing it or what we believe because we don't want to risk offending someone. For some, it's the temptation right there in the parable becoming a social club instead of a church. And don't hear me wrong, supporting friends in church is good and vital. We should be a community supporting each other, caring for one another. And yet, we can't become insular and exclusive. For others, maybe it's the fight for perfection, the thought that if we just do everything right and we be the best, then everyone will admire what we're doing and they'll show up here. I wrestle with that one sometimes. Two thousand years ago, The church in the city of Corinth had some similar problems, and they were tempted to split apart into different factions, different groups focused on different goals and priorities rather than working together. Some people were saying, well, I'm in Paul's group, I belong to Paul, while others said I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, that's Peter the Apostle. Surely you can't imagine divisions or factions ever happening in a church today, right? That would never happen. I wonder if some of their divisions in that church in Corinth were rooted in fear. I think fear is behind a lot of what divides us, whether it's in families or politics or the church, we like things the way that they are, or even if we don't like them the way they are, we worry we might be going the wrong way and they might get worse. Things can always get worse, right? It's so easy to see how things in our, our country or our world or our city or in our church could be worse than they are right now. And so you can picture the followers of Paul worrying that maybe Apollos, yeah, he did a good job planning the church here, but maybe he's leading them down the wrong track, Or Peter's followers worried that, you know, Paul has some good ideas, but maybe he's a little, don't you think he's a little too focused on those Gentiles and not paying enough attention to our own Jewish children? And at least when they're divided into these groups, they know where to stand. When we divide into factions, it is all too easy for our factions to become part of our identities as we divide into different parties. And so hearing of these divisions, Paul writes a letter calling all of them, all the people of Christ in Corinth, back to the core of who they are. They are followers of Jesus, claimed in the waters of baptism in Jesus' name. And for all of us, our primary allegiance needs to be to Jesus. That's why we're here. We can disagree on all kinds of little things. We can disagree about song choices or how many readings or prayers to have, where the best place to serve the coffee is. We can have differences on signage and lawn care and all kinds of secondary issues. You can come up with more if you want. But Christ must not be divided. We are church together, stronger together, united in Christ. And we have a mission, we have a purpose in being here. Maybe building a shower house outside the life-saving station was a great idea, but only if it was done for the right reasons, to serve those whom we are called to serve. We don't need to live in fear. As the psalm, said, the psalm we just read says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God can handle things like budget deficits. And of course, God does that by working through God's people. But God is not going to let numbers get in the way of what the Spirit is doing. We don't need to make decisions out of fear or divide out of fear. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? All of our decisions as a congregation, all of our priorities as followers of Jesus, come from knowing God's love, knowing that in the waters of baptism, God has claimed you. Our mission comes from knowing who we are as God's people. I think Paul's command in this reading might be one of the most radical, hard-to-follow instructions in the Bible. He writes to them and to us, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. That is a tough command. And yet we believe that we are not doing this on our own. God's Holy Spirit is working through us. We are not trying to save the world on our own. God has already done that. We are able to live for others and care for those in need, to care for those who aren't here yet because of what God has done for us. As a church, as the body of Christ, we don't need to be afraid of the future because we know who we are and whose we are. We know who we belong to. For a few years now that I've been going to church annual meetings, I've thought each time about introducing a motion at the meeting under new business to close down the church and disband as a congregation. I won't actually do it for a few reasons, one of which is that there are long, detailed procedures in the Constitution if we ever, God forbid, get to that point. But it's tempting to try to make that motion, and I really sincerely hope and trust it would not pass. But I think that it might be worth getting each of us on the record as saying, yes, we want to be a church together. Yes, we are in agreement that we want to follow Jesus We are committed to figuring out the details, but we believe God has a purpose for us. And we want to continue on this journey of faith together, in this place, with these people, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaukee County, you can visit our websites at LivingHopeSocville.org, or ctkport.org or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you and we hope you'll join us again soon.